Welcome to a Tennis.com podcast, sponsored by Prince XO3 Racket Technology and by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. Hey, folks, welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan here with Pete Bodo, uh, talking a little fall tennis. Uh, the the Asian hardcourt swing has begun, and that's going to lead into uh, a number of events around Europe, indoors, etc. Um, the first the first big event, player wise, of that they started this week. Uh, the men are in Bangkok, and there's a number of the high, number of high ranked men in this event, Nadal included. He's not going to play for a couple more days as the top seed, but but oh, one of those big guarantees. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, an admission, a, a free purse entry for a lot of players. That's that's definitely right about that, and that's why you're yeah, seeing. God bless a, him. Yeah, take it when you can, even after the open. So, um, so that's what's going on right now over there. And the biggest name to play so far and to actually lose so far, but it's not wholly unexpected, is Juan Martín del Potro, the last year's U.S. Open champion. He lost today on Tuesday to Olivier Rokas in a, a classic example of size doesn't matter. He lost to him straight sets. It was his first match back since this year's Australian Open, uh, so almost nine months away. Uh, Pete, would you um, take a? Would you take a, This match wasn't on television, but there were some interesting things you caught in the stats. And just what do you think about Del Potro in general? Well, if this if there's such a thing as a meaningless loss, this was it. <laughs> you know, Del Potro. No, the, the one thing we know, and this is this is probably the main thing he was concerned with, and 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 the rest of the, the tennis world, you know, the community watching him was concerned with was his right wrist. You know, did is the wrist recovered? There was a lot of, there was a lot of speculation about Del Potro's uh, condition. You know, there were you know there were rumors that he was going to see a therapist. That his, you know, he he kept saying he's going to come back at a certain time, then he would push it back. There was really a lot of mystery. It wasn't particularly well handled by his camp, I don't think. So there were, you know, all kinds of question marks about why he really was gone, and 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 what the real state of his wrist was. Uh, it turns out that his wrist is looking pretty good. He ran down 16 aces in a, in a losing effort, and uh, you know, granted, you know, Roaches is a full foot shorter than he is, so it's not it's it's not that hard to get the ball by him. But you know, with one of the things that I think some casual fans don't know is, or, or tend to not be aware of is that uh, you know when you get a guy of Del Potro's height, like a, a Del Potro or a John Isner, you know some of these really big guys, you know they're not just coming at you with a, with a lot of power because of the you know extra leverage of their arm and stuff, but they're also really placing a ball in kind of a different way. You know when when Del Potro hits a serve out wide to a guy, you know, it, it comes in differently. And also he can get more of an angle because he's coming at it from such a greater height that he can get sort of closer into the net on the other side. So, you know, this is a new look for people. Uh, Del Potro is, has been the X factor, the missing man at the U.S. Open. He was, you know, should have defended his title, uh, all, all other things being equal, but his, his wrist was still sore. So this is big news that Del Potro is back. You know, this is going to have, you know, potential shaping inf- influence on the fall season. Yeah, it, it, I think for Del Potro, it's probably as good a time also to come back to to kind of work his way back into form. He gets, he's going to get events like this where you have to question. I think the motivations of a lot of players, like you're saying about appearance fees and everything, but it's also the in you know the indoor the hardcore. It's very controlled conditions too. It's not 
you know, the very grinding aspects of clay or it's kind of the, the oppressive summer heat sometimes that's kind of, that sometimes weared him down, even though he's, he's done well on every surface. But this is a, a, is a good a time, I think, for him to kind of establish himself again and really just get prepped for next year because it's all going to be whatever happens this year is really gravy for him. But, you know, well, that's a great point. You know, the, um, you know, um, there's, you also look at these events as being somewhat off the radar. You know, let's face it. You know, unfortunately, uh, tennis takes a bit of a nosedive after the U.S. Open. It does. It really does so worldwide. You know, people they look at the Grand Slams. As long as there's another Slam coming up, people tend to be you know half attentive, listen with half an ear, other than the diehard fans. So you know, these events in the fall. You know, look at the way the French do. Like when they play. Uh, these tournaments in the fall in, in, in France, they kind of feast there, you know. Uh, so I think I think uh, this is you, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a good time for Delpo to come back and find his game. The, yeah. Uh, so, like I said, I think for him, it's more about it's more about the next year. Uh, a couple other guys we saw two came back this week. Marcos Bagdadis came um, came back. He beat Kane Shikori. Nice result, six one six one today. Um, that's a surprise, you know. That that's a real blowout, and you don't really expect people to blow out Kane Shakuri, even though he also is still coming back from injury. Yeah, exactly. Baghdad is a nice summer, uh, but I believe he just he was he's still kind of he's a player who can never kind of stay on his feet for a long time, whether it's injury based or even playing based. He's a guy who's who's been floating on 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 and around for a while, but is always capable of sort of a a head-scratching result in a good way and a bad way, and this was, I think, one of them today. Uh, He's one of those fool-me-twice guys. You know the old expression saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on... Shame on me, you know. Basically, and you know, I, you know, uh, he's he's one of these people who, you know, always builds up hopes. Now, Bandian's another one of these guys. You know, they build up the hopes. Monfils is another one of these guys. They build up the hope. They put up a couple of good results. They maybe have a couple, uh, you know, a good run at a couple of tournaments, and everyone starts to think these guys are going to contend. They're going to be there. They're going to be there in the semis and quarters of Grand Slams, and then it doesn't quite work out that way. Yeah, I mean, can't I mean, can't you kind of picture like a guy like one of those that you just mentioned having a big little run here in the fall and generating all sorts of ink again from the from the diehards who follow them it seems like there's usually that's usually the case in the fall is some somebody takes advantage of you know the environment basically and and then we come to find out next year that they it was maybe just a little bit of a mirage or just something that's not that's exactly right yeah american express presents next contenders your chance to get up close and personal with four of today's game changers in tennis john isner Sam Query, Melanie Udan, and Caroline Wozniacki. Visit nextcontenders.com to follow the excitement during the 2010 U.S. Open and discover the person behind the player. It's tennis trivia time. Here's a chance to test your tennis knowledge with a tennis.com podcast trivia question brought to you by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. Are you ready? The question is... One quarter of all the men in this year's U.S. Open round of 16 play with Prince XO3 racket technology. Can you name all four Prince players? If you think you know the answer to our trivia question, visit the official Prince Tennis Facebook page at facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Once again, that's facebook.com slash official.prince.tennis. Become a fan today, and be sure to leave your answer on the Prince Wall. About more about the fall season, I think from my experience watching it over the past few years, I, one thing that I 
what one thing that I have done is I've sort of tempered my expectations for the fall. And what I what I mean by that is I think the guys that take the most out of the fall are not the top tier of players. It's the lower tier, the middle tier of players who have a big breakthrough win that they haven't been able to do around the year. Last year, I believe Julian Benito went out and beat Federer. I think it was in Paris, Bercy, and it was like he won the French Open, basically. Uh, and, and also, so I think those are the guys you really might want to look out for if you're looking for a real development or a story. Otherwise, yeah, Gilles Simone I, is another one. Yeah. You've got a Gilles Simone. You've got a, you've got the Baghdadis. You've got you've got a bunch of these guys who who are doing that. Yeah, and uh, the other the other thing I, I I think there is always the potential for a really fantastic match in the fall and the indoor. I think over the past few years, there's really been a, a couple good ones a year that just sort of materialize at some point. Or the a couple the tennis Masters Cup now the ATP World Tour final is sometimes when that seems to happen. Last A couple of years ago, Murray and Federer played a, one of the better matches of 2008, I remember. It was when Murray already had a spot in the, in the semifinals clinch. This was the last round-robin match. And he goes out and just decided that it didn't really matter about his health or condition going forward. He wanted to beat Roger Federer that day. And Roger still had to win to stay alive. And you got this fantastic match, a three-setter. I think it was two two tiebreakers at least. Um, and there's been other matches like that, now Bandian against Federer in the Masters Cup. So I think from my perspective as a fall tennis viewer, it's the key is to temper your expectations and maybe you'll get something great along the way. Well, yeah, that's actually an excellent point, you know. And, and some of these guys, you know, they step up big. You know, there's a lot at stake for these guys. You know, for guys, you know, especially for these guys ranked, you know, hoping to get up up near that top ten where they actually can, you know, make a fair amount of money, get highly seated for for the tournaments for next year and the Grand Slams and stuff. So, you know, you got these guys who are. It's it's a great opportunity to bank some points. You know, you get those ranking points, put them away. If you go out there and say, you know what, everybody's tired, but you know, I'm, you know, I've planned it so that I'm I'm really gonna, you know, gonna gonna try to step up in a fall because that's when I can, you know, make hay when the sun shines, as it were. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's that fi- figures into it, too. That's why these guys, some of these guys go on these runs, because they know a Baghdadis is perfectly primed. You know, Baghdadis could really help his own cause if he goes on a, on a little run here and, and wins a couple of titles or gets a couple of finals. Do you think uh, one big player, the biggest player, Rafael Nadal, do you think he has, with the season that he's had already, it's one of definitely the best tennis seasons in the open era, and he actually, one of the only titles he hasn't won is, is the year-end championship. Do you think there's any further desire by him to really make this season one of the most commanding in in men's tour history, or is that really something that I think that people would kind of over-exaggerate? I think that's a theme we put onto it, and, it, and it's, a, it's a worthwhile theme because, you know, guys will either do it or they won't. You know, Pete Sampras that year when he locked down a number six, the sixth year in a row at number one, which is very, very important to him, you know, that is a record that is unlikely to be broken simply because everyone everyone gets one shot at that. You know, if you're number one for three years, you know, and you blow it, just you know, slim chance that you're going to come back and be number one for six years again. So I think I think you get these these people making these runs, you know, putting together a historic season. You know, I don't know that, that Nadal is really going to be, you know, thinking about that because let's face it, these guys, I, I think it's absolutely true when they say they're, they're thinking about Grand Slams. Would he love to win the World Tour Finals? Yeah, of course he would. You know, what's not, what's not to love about that? But I think 
fundamental level. They're thinking grand slams. They're going to go through the fall. Everything is kind of gravy at this point for Nadal in the season, which, of course, will make him dangerous because he can swing from the heels and, you know, and not feel too stressed or like he's got too much to defend or too much of a position to protect. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think he could do it. I don't see it as a priority. I think these guys really are honest when they say that they think about the grand slams first and foremost, not even a number one ranking. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been kind of universal across most players. You even see in the top fifteen or twenty, it's not just the top guys who talk about the slams. You you even see guys, you know, ranked ten through twenty that are still slam driven, even though they haven't won one or whatever. But it's it's become more of a thing in tennis, certainly over the past ten years, even longer. But uh, we'll close with one name that we must mention in of this fall sort of renaissance and it's a, a middle range please player. let it be please let it be who i'm thinking it is it is your 40 now 40 year old kimiko date crumb just turned 40 today and celebrated her birthday by beating danielle hantikova a good opponent she won in her retirement I, I must add but she also came back from losing the first set i believe and this was after she beat maria sharapova yesterday and in, in her hometown of tokyo you can't get much more of a good better gift than that Yes, that's exactly the person I was thinking about. Boy, it's a good day to celebrate. She celebrates her 40th birthday, and this is a woman who, you know, basically, you know, sets a new standard for the WTA in a sense in terms of dedication, sticking to it. Really, you know, this girl loves playing tennis. You even look at her, you watch her play, she even looks like a recreational-level player kind of, you know. The only thing missing is, you know, some of those little doodads like, you know, bringing her own little 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 water bottles and stuff for the court and, and you know she's she, she's just got that vibe she's just a down-to-earth woman who loves playing tennis she's out there fighting because she loves the game and for her to get these you know back-to-back w's you know in tokyo is just a great achievement couldn't be happier for her i hope she plays until 50 or 60 and and still manages to be up there in the world rankings uh she deserves every single point she wins the, she's the Chris Chelios of the of the WTA Tour for all you hockey fans <laughs> out there. So, anyways, that's all for now for Pete Bodo. I'm Emma Grogan. Tune in next time for the Tennis.com podcast. You've been listening to the Tennis.com podcast, sponsored by American Express. American Express presents Next Contenders. Get to know four of today's game changers in tennis and follow their moves during the 2010 U.S. Open. For more, visit nextcontenders.com. And also by Prince XO3 Racket Technology. For more news and information, head over to tennis.com. Thanks for listening.